Hello, it's Saturday, October 12th, and this is Josh and Micah Save the World, an opinion podcast about things we like and some of the things we don't. I'm Micah, and I'm joining the studio today with Josh. Hey there. And our special guest, Brandon. What's up, fam? That's right. Brandon is joining us today, and uh, we've got a great show. We're going to be talking about uh, a lot of church stuff today, you know, church planting, some of the stuff that's just been pretty prevalent in our lives lately. Um, and then we'll have our usual segments, uh, Townie Talk. Got some uh, news about some happenings up on Mass Street to talk about. And uh, the lightning round took kind of a, a turn south this week. We didn't really get any questions in, so we won't be answering any yeah. questions from you all this mm-hmm. week. But uh, maybe we'll ask each other some questions or, or, or something like that. But yeah, we're... Uh, we're uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah, it's, it's not a big deal, I don't think. No. So, Brandon, why don't you uh, introduce yourself yeah. to those that don't know you? Sure. Yeah, happy to do that. Uh, I am currently on staff with Story Hill, where we all go to church. That's how we know each other. Uh, but I've only been here about three months. I was recently a, <clears throat> excuse me, a church planner in Colorado and had been in Colorado Springs for about four years. And before that, I hail from the great state of Arkansas, where I grew up and started ministry and uh, becoming who I am. So, uh, thankful to be here in Lawrence and be a Story Hill. And um, the long-term goal for me being here is to take what I've learned and go start another uh, Salt Network church somewhere else in the country. So Nice. So where are you going? It's yes. a good question. <laughs> I am dying to know that answer as well. Uh, I hope for a look several places, mm-hmm. <laughs> but nothing's on uh, the official schedule yet. So. Right. We should know another year or so. Well, we'll keep a lookout for yeah. Aaron's t-shirts to let us yep. know where that's going to be. Yeah. Um, Laramie, Wyoming. Laramie, Wyoming. Yep. That's where we're going. <laughs> you heard it here. 2023, Laramie, Wyoming. Yep. 22? Sure. 2024? Yeah, when it happens. When it happens. I've told Aaron with Kanye's new appearance in Wyoming, <laughs> if Kanye wants to jump on the team and go to Laramie with me, I'll consider it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, probably not. Probably not Laramie. Love you, Laramie. Just not me. Yeah, for all of you listeners in Laramie, we know that there aren't any of them. So yes, even so we'll probably okay. <laughs> I think we're okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Our own, our viewers are primarily from Lawrence, and then how uh, was it? Someone was listening in out Colorado. Yeah, I don't know who's listening out near Denver. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know. Sounds promising though. Right, we're really branching out. We here. should take this market to Denver. I yeah. Think. Yes. Which may or may not be one of the places I hope to go. Oh, no. yeah. So, well, unofficially, of course. Unofficially, off the record, on the recorded podcast. <laughs> yes. All right, so we're talking about this, well, starting off talking about church planning and just some of the things that we experience. I've been here for kind of on and off, I would say, throughout the year. but and Fairweather church planner. Yeah, I'm a fairweather church planner. Uh <laughs> You have you, what you've what been most, very you've been very critical and crucial throughout this process. So you have what most people would call a quote unquote real job. Since yeah, pastoring or church planning is not a real job. Well, yes, <laughs> that'd be true. But I mean, like I came down to start it and then went back up to finish college and then came back right. down. So I wasn't here like the full year that we've been it here. Counts, Josh, we'll yeah. count. Yeah, we'll count. Um, yeah. But Micah, you've been in the whole process. I have. From uh, like a, a year out prior to even moving down here, just getting on board with the church plant up in Ames with Aaron when he was living up there, and you know 
preparing as you know as a candidate for himself to come down and, and start the church. So there's it yeah, it's been a fun. It's been two two years now, right? From the beginning of that process till till now. So it's been a yeah, it's been interesting. I think just uh, get, like getting to meet people on the way um, and kind of you know like two and a half years ago, if you'd asked me where we we're gonna be, I don't think I would have said here. So, but we've really enjoyed it. Um, but there's definitely like a lot of things that come with church planning that maybe aren't like present in like a normal church. Yeah. Um, Cause most normal people don't just move, you know, states away to go to church. So. Yeah. There are very few things I think that actually <laughs> mirror a quote unquote normal church yeah. and yeah. church plant. It is very not normal. Uh, especially for what most people are, are comfortable with when they go to church, what oh, they yeah. grew up with. Right. So. Mm-hmm. I think most people's church background is not very similar to the sort of 21st century church planning model that's sort of starting to kind of take root. And yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a unique, sure. unique monster for sure. So, yeah. Well, you've done a lot of, uh, maybe more than Josh and I, I should say, maybe not a lot, but maybe, definitely more than Josh and I uh, in the array of church planting mm-hmm. and, uh, this yeah, this will be my sixth year. Sixth year of doing church planting mm-hmm. in one capacity mm-hmm. or another. So maybe you should, you should tell us a little bit about that and maybe what some of your other experiences or roles have been in in, in previous plants and yeah. then going forward. Yeah, definitely. So it, uh, I was two years into a youth pastor position at what might be considered just a normal church. <laughs> uh, large, large-ish. Mm-hmm. And very stable, had been around for 80 years. You know, I had an office assistant and an office and oh. I walk in on the first day and I'm handed a computer and, you know, like a bit, that felt like a big shot. Real <laughs> so job, it was, yeah. It, was, it felt, you know. Uh, Hashtag adulting. Yeah. Yeah. We had a budget for ministry Whoa. and we're able to go do things and buy things. And I had my own youth building with inside the, you know, parameters of the whole church. Yeah. Uh, and that's all that I knew. It actually ended up being I worked at my home church was the first place that I went. And uh, but anyway, during that process, I was uh, just kind of wrestling with what the future looked like for me and whether youth ministry was something that I was going to be giving mm-hmm. my life to, uh, at least for the foreseeable future. And I had a mentor friend of mine call and he gave me some great advice on the season of life that I was in. And then he said, hey, let me turn your world upside down for a second. I want to I've been praying about this and I'm going to start a church in Colorado. And your name just keeps coming up as somebody that I want to invite to go with me. Would you be willing to consider that? Uh, to which my response was like, haha, you're funny. <laughs> um, I'm going to leave the house <laughs> yep. I just bought and the health plan that I have and the guaranteed, like, I'm, you know, I'm not making any money, but it's yeah. more money than I've ever made in my whole life. And, um, you know, my friends and my family and this, this community that I had built uh, there in, in Arkansas. So I was like, no, man, you're, you're crazy. There's, there's no way that I'll do this. And then three months later, I'm sitting across the breakfast table from, I'm going, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, no <laughs> promise of income, uh, no guaranteed job description, no yeah. guaranteed success. Mm-hmm. Don't know where we're going yet, <laughs> uh, but I need you to quit your job in like two months. And see, that's even hard not knowing where you're going. Mm-hmm. Cause like, even for us, we knew yeah, at least I, where I, we were going. We had a, a firm idea of where we're going and sort of even how our role would be, mm-hmm. I think, you know, for the most part. I mean, it worked itself out well before we moved, at least, you mm-hmm. know, kind of what our roles would be, I think. So, but yeah. yeah. And we knew Colorado, but we weren't sure exactly where in Colorado and uh, partnered with the uh, North American Mission Board to go out there. And so they have their 
you know, demographics of where they'd like to see churches yeah. grow and where they'd like to plant more uh, in their quote unquote sin cities. Sinned. I need to emphasize that they are sin cities, well, as all of our cities are sin. Sin, but yes. <laughs> sinned cities, yeah. and um, yeah. So we we ventured to Northwest Arkansas for a year, and I quit my job and uprooted everything, and and moved to Northwest Arkansas for a year to kind of prepare to build our team to raise some funds. And uh, 2015, June of 2015, we we launched and headed to Colorado. Uh, uh, again, you know, as far as what I did, it's kind of all over the place. We we did not plant in what might be considered a healthy model. Yeah. Um, you know, Story Hill, and when, when they planted, you've got a lead pastor, you've got the lead college guy, you've got a lead worship pastor, you've got admin and help and interns, yeah. and you, you mm-hmm. bring that team with you along with about, I don't know, 15 think, other families, yeah. you know, about 30 something other people. Yeah. That's... Uh, we went with two families and two staff positions. And, uh, that was it. And for the four years I was there, we only had two full-time staff positions. So I led the worship. I led the youth ministry for a little while. I co-taught, um, I did our budget and finances for a really short season (laughs) because I'm terrible at that, (laughs) but, you know, logged our receipts and submitted all this stuff for tax purposes and I hated it and I'm bad at it. And so they didn't let me do that for very long. Uh. Um, but yeah. just did a little bit of everything. I, you know, I look at what you guys have done with your tech system and I kind of built and put together our, and I've never been a tech guy before and have no mm-hmm. background in that. So my experience with church planning was a lot of, Hey, we want to do this thing, but nobody knows how to do it. So yep. let's figure out what that might mean to record a sermon or to video the sermon and add audio and put that onto all the detailed things that yep. come up in a service mm-hmm. that we had to figure out how to do. And so, yeah. Uh, learned a ton in the process, was put into a lot of situations that uh, I didn't expect to be in and didn't know I would need to know those things. Um, Learned Photoshop, had no idea that I would need Photoshop, but I was doing our graphic design and you got to figure out some things. So, uh, which I know most graphic design people would be like, oh, no, you're supposed to use like Illustrator or something else. And again, yeah. People just cringe. Yeah. Did he say Photoshop? And I went, yeah, I'm not a designer. So yes, Photoshop. (laughs) InDesign. Mm -hmm. Doing all of our sermon slides on PowerPoint. (laughs) Yeah. It's been a Word document. (laughs) Yeah. I pulled up old, I found an old copy of Microsoft Paint. Oh, yeah. And uh, I've just been scrawling my way through. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you bring up a good point, though, with church planning. There's so many things that you don't think about or take for granted when you're at a healthy church that just are like normal mundane things that you don't have to think about on a Sunday morning. Right. And then you go to to try to start this and you're like, oh, we don't actually have that or somebody to do that or like all these things that are, you know, somewhat crucial, but are like we just don't have the capability to do that right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Everything from budget to a building. Um, you know, I, I, I never fully appreciated until I started church planning the luxury of walking into a room and turning on the lights and being like, let's have church. Right? Yeah. It's all set up and uh-huh. we're able to come in throughout the week and tinker and toy and get everything just right. And when we show up on Sunday, it's time to have church. Yeah. And yeah, for the last five years, it's been okay. Get up at 6 a.m. and be at the church and roll everything out of a trailer and you know, set it up piece by piece and then tear it all back down at the end. Yep. Uh, it's definitely a lot of strategy that you kind of have to go into like, oh, we're doing, church is mobile. Like we have to, 
make sure it all fits in boxes and can get pulled in and out every week. So, yeah. Or where to store that. Where, where does it get stored? How do you do kids ministry out of a tote? How yep. do you do any sort of ministry out of a tote? Yep. And then in six months when you've plugged and unplugged that XLR cable about 2,000 times and then it breaks and the you got to replace that and yeah. figure out. I mean, it's, yeah. It, the wear and tear elements a little bit higher, I think, mm -hmm. on just For physical sure. things when you're moving all the time. So, But all to the point, it just adds to the list of things you don't think about yeah. until Correct. you're there. Going, well, I've got this big empty room that I have to turn into a church every week. So mm -hmm. it definitely adds a new level of appreciation, one, for church planners who do this yeah. all across the country mm -hmm. week in and week out. But two, just appreciating having a building and, yeah. you know, the luxury that that really is for a church. So, no, for sure. Yeah, I think. Because uh, you're kind of talking a little bit about just some of the things that you have as luxuries and not, but like. What are some of, I guess you would consider like the highs of church planning, the lows that you've experienced while church planning? Um, yeah. Just talk a little bit about that. I think one of the greatest freedoms that comes with church planning is that there is a ton of flexibility. There is no preset standard because yeah. no one in your church has ever experienced your church before. And so, you know, I think of my home church, which was an 80 year old church to change anything was an act of Congress. Yeah. Because there was the phrase, well, that's how we've always done it. And to start a church plant, that's one of the greatest blessings is that's not how you've always done it. In fact, yeah. you've never done it before. And so the ability to go, well, we tried something and it bombed. We're going to try something else mm -hmm. uh, is, is huge. The ability to experiment and try things. But, but also, uh, as a young leader, to find areas that you're extremely passionate about and then have the freedom to pursue those to the way that you feel like you're best able to do it. Yeah. Uh, there's very, there's very uh, little to no mold that you have to fit into. It's, yeah. You, mm -hmm. you kind of create your job description of how you decide to do ministry and how you feel God's calling you to do that. And you go do it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. So I think that's one of the huge things about it. That, that's great. Um, one of the hardest things is some of the stuff that we've talked about, but it's that you have nothing. There's nothing in place. There's no structure. There's no volunteers. There's, you have nothing in place when you start. And yeah. so you're, the, I've described it sometimes as like you're building a house, but while you're building the house, people are also taking parts back down. And so you <laughs> feel like you finish a room and you leave that room and you come back 10 minutes later and all the drywall's yeah. gone. And people are looking <laughs> at you like, I don't know, Tom just left. We don't know what happened. The drywall's <laughs> gone. And, yeah. uh, yeah, you don't see as much of that. Like you have the establishedness yeah. of the, of a full, you know. The freedom and creativity is also the downfall because right. you have mm -hmm. so much freedom and creativity, but that you are also starting it mm -hmm. from scratch. So yeah, yeah. There, there are some healthy things with tradition and some healthy things with consistency and stability that benefit mm -hmm. churches. Yeah, and it's finding that niche to where if you're always changing everything constantly, people find a hard time connecting mm -hmm. but if you never change anything ever for any reason you're going to lose people because they stop you you yeah. stop growing mm -hmm. as a church and they stop being able to connect to what you're doing yeah so, mm -hmm. um yeah I, I think i mean funding is always a huge one you take yeah. for granted you know when you're at a really established church you typically have a budget and that's not yeah. negotiable like you just have a budget you you have one yeah as opposed to being a church planner where sometimes you go like, well, all right, guys, we can't spend any money this month. 
because yep. we don't have any money this month. So let's pray and uh, watch God do something really cool and be flexible in that as well. You know, churches can print most stable churches never think about whether or not they're going to be able to print the brochures or the, the handouts yeah. for that day, mm-hmm. the bulletins. And sometimes as a church planner, you got to go, well, no bulletins this week. Yeah. So we'll figure something else out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And oh. I think, you know, like some of those, those moments are like, they're obviously very hard in the moment, but like, they're also like huge opportunities to allow God to have his way. And if you approach it that way, it can, it doesn't have to be an unhealthy element. It's just an element, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and the ability to teach people, it was so refreshing for a lot of our church members in Colorado. Uh, be, a lot of the people that we reached, we would categorize as unchurched or dechurched, meaning they've never really been connected anywhere and it hasn't been a priority to them, but they're checking it out for the first time or they went to church for a long time, got really burned out on it for whatever reason, decided to yeah. walk away from church mm-hmm. and are now trying to re-engage again. And I think for them to see the flexibility of us being willing to go, no, we just want to try to get it right. Yeah. We're not so worried about how it's always been done. We want to get it right. Gave them a level of comfort, but it also gave us a level to get people involved because we're yeah. kind of writing the script as we go. It's mm-hmm. easier to write in positions for people yeah. because we're like, well, sure, volunteer in this way. Help us serve mm-hmm. in this way that you feel gifted to, um, which helps us grow a little faster. Yeah. Like, oh, you guys don't do youth ministry here? Oh, no, we haven't started that yet. But by the way, would you consider being a youth leader? Just those moments like that. that yeah. Are- it's 100% how we got started in Colorado. Yeah. Uh-huh. We had about five different adults come to me saying, we, we just want to help with a student right. ministry. We just want to help. So like, well, then you guys can lead it. Yeah. And they did and did an amazing job. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, very unique challenges. And you're... My uh, former boss, our lead pastor in Colorado, would use the illustration of we're a baby church, and that comes along with all the messy diapers and the falls and spills and crying and inconsistency and late nights. Like we are a baby church, yeah. And our goal is to grow steadily and surely into an infant and an adolescent and mm-hmm. an adult someday. Yeah, I think one thing too. I think it's easy. Um, I shouldn't say it's easy, but it's hard for people to uh, take for like, you know, you as a church plant, you obviously want to see growth and see like progress and see what you've accomplished. But a lot of times those don't come until, you know, year or two later down the road. And then you can actually sure. see it. Like, for example, like with we just had our one year anniversary, like two months ago now. And like you obviously get all see all of this labor up into that point of having that anniversary and seeing just the fruit of your labor. And you don't really get to see that sometimes as you go along with mm-hmm. church planning. Um, or it's not as easy per se as seeing that in a normal established church. Sure. And yeah. so I think it's hard for people sometimes to get into that mode or mindset that like what you're doing now and the labor you're toiling over and working really hard at, like often that you don't see the, fruit of it until a couple years down the road. Yeah, for sure. And so that's one thing that I think like for me in that mindset of just remembering like, yeah, what we're doing now, like there's going to be a benefit from us doing it may not be, we see that benefit next week in church. It might Mm -hmm. be, you know, a couple weeks. It may be 
couple of years. We just mm-hmm. don't know. But I think that's also the like beauty in it of like, we don't know what God's going to do with mm-hmm. what we're doing right now. Like the church planning and the effort that we've put into pursuing excellence in our church service. Like we don't know what God's going to bring to it, but it's when you get that, like um, when you get just the fruit of it and see how beautiful it is, it's like, wow, this is great. And like, it's often far more than you were even expecting or Mm. thought was possible. I mean, like the fact that we had over 200 people at our, one year anniversary service mm-hmm. that was just amazing mm-hmm. and it's like one year ago coming from you know having 30 plus people come down to the church plant and now having 200 i mean that's like way beyond the expectations mm-hmm. we had of where we wanted to be in a year i would think that's definitely part of the magic of of church planning that keeps it exciting and makes it unique is that it's literally something you cannot do without god Because it makes no sense. Mm -hmm. It makes no sense. Move to a town. You don't know anyone. And then you convince people (laughs) to come to your church and that it is going to be special and something unique to them. That's a really impossible thing to do just as a human. But what you find is those, you know, what we might call like a a preordained appointment (laughs) where you meet people who go, oh my gosh, I've been looking for something just like this. Mm -hmm. And we just moved here and we saw your, you know, your ad or your flag or something driving down the road. And we just had to stop by and you've in those days going, well, that's just God. You know, for us, we, when we started, we were meeting in a basement and we had to go, all right, we got to get out of the basement because it's weird to invite people you don't know (laughs) to your church in your basement. Especially if you have any kind of context of church before you're like, Uh, Oh, we moved here to start a church. Like, Oh, great. Yeah. Where is it? And you're like, well, basement, it's down the street uh, in the basement. (laughs) And for some reason I had a hard time getting people to come hang out with us in the basement and and drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. So we decided to find a space to go be in and, and meet in regularly. And we were really just doing that for our team for the, for the meantime. We're like, we're going to mm-hmm. meet on Sunday mornings. We're going to be together. We'll do a devotional. And we'd have crazy things happen where people would just walk in the door of the library inside the school that we're meeting in. And they go, hey, we heard there's a church here. I'm like, well, how did you hear that? We haven't told anybody <laughs> there's a church here. Um, we like, just came in this week. Like, oh, yeah, we just heard there's a church meeting here and we wanted to come check it out. It's like, well, come on in. And that would happen two or three weeks in a row. And so we ended up launching months ahead of schedule because God was literally just sending people through the front door to a thing that they shouldn't know existed, but somehow did. Yeah. And yeah, we we went from two families to 50 people in, in a matter of weeks. And mm-hmm. um, those are the things you look back at and you go, well, I, I can't, I literally can't take any credit for it. I yeah. didn't tell anybody about it. I didn't promote it. We didn't mm-hmm. even have it set up and ready to receive people yet. Yeah. And God used it to, to bring people into a church. So yeah, yeah, that was, that was the prayer getting started is to be a part of something that I can't make happen myself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What are you, what are you thinking over there, Micah? Uh, yeah, I think just sort of reminiscing on all the stories that, you know, are similar in, in that way for, for us moving down here and just remembering that, like, you know, the metric of success is the number of seat, you know, people in seats on a Sunday, but it, it is some of those stories where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, God doing something much deeper on a deeper level in everybody's individual lives mm-hmm. and, and their story. And so, um, 
that just all the cool ways that church planning is different mm-hmm. than yeah. a Sunday morning experience mm-hmm. at a, you know, a local church that's been around for forever. Yeah. So. yeah. Is it what you expected, like back when they launched the vision for the Salt Network or just church planning in general? You know, it's, it's, in a lot of ways it is. And in a lot of ways it, it isn't. I mean, I don't think you can fully like mentally prepare yourself for yeah. to go and mm-hmm. move your life, but you, you can have an idea of what it's going to feel like. And so. God's just been really sweet to us personally in a lot of ways through this process that, you know, I wasn't really planning on and, you know, just blessing us with, you know, little bits of success and challenges, but then, you know, showing himself in the challenges. And and so that closeness that you get, you know, growing closer to God Mm. through, through those challenges that, you know, it's like, well, I wasn't really planning for this. And, you know, in the moment it didn't feel awesome, but like looking back on it now, even just after a year and it's like, wow, that was that was really cool. And that, yeah. was, that was awesome. So, I, you know, and I think then you start to kind of change your mindset after, you know, that, that happens a few times to where, you know, you're just sort of plan on God that at that point, and, you know, you, you start to slow down in, in those moments where it starts to feel stressful or, or painful. And you're like, you know what, he's proven himself before. And I know he's going to prove himself again. It's mm-hmm. not fun right now, but you know, you quickly turn to God faster and faster, I feel like. And that's been a cool thing for us personally. Mm. But, mm-hmm. and even in general, like with just the church planning, like, you know, we've had this past year and now it's just kind of like, wow, what's going to happen next year? Like, you're just kind of expecting mm. it at this point to yeah, see God continue to do what he already has planned. So, usually the faster you can get to the end of yourself. Yeah the faster you're able to have the, at least the choice yeah. to fully rely on God for that. Yeah. And I think that is a interesting aspect of church planning is you have those days where you're like, yeah. this is the Sunday that nobody comes. Like this is, this is it. We're, mm-hmm. we're, this is the day we close. This is the day it's over. And then you have like your highest attendance ever. And you just have to sit there and go, God, you, you've done this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, I, I'm in awe of your, your plan mm-hmm. for your people. That's so much better than what I can plan or try to work out. Yeah. I think you brought up another good point in my mind. Um, church planning, a unique part of it is the way that you come to value and appreciate your people. Absolutely. Mm. It's not in any way saying that large established churches don't value their people. It's a very different kind of leadership though. Yeah. When I have a position that I need filled and I can just hire someone to do it, it's a different kind of relationship where I can set out very clear expectations. I'm paying you a salary to do that job. And if you don't do that job, I can fire you yep. <laughs> right. and bring in someone else to do that. Mm-hmm. Whereas in church planning, you don't have the budget to hire anyone. You don't yeah. even have the budget to pay yourself. <laughs> and so you're having to lean on these amazing people that that come in and agree to be volunteers for you, but you have to learn how to love them and lead them in a really unique way. Yeah, And it usually boils down to one of two options. You come to kind of use them and manipulate them to accomplish a purpose, or you genuinely come to value the the gifts that they've been given and you Mm -hmm. seek to foster that and grow that and and hand them leadership and empower them to do those volunteer roles so that they grow into their own type of church leader. Yeah. And I've watched both happen because the tyranny of the urgent can go, well, I don't really care how many nights Micah's pulled late working and I don't care what relationship he's having with his wife right now. And I don't care how stressed he is. Like Mm -hmm. he's got to be here this Sunday and I schedule him a hundred Sundays in a row. 
And then Micah goes, I can't do this anymore. I'm out. Yeah. And now I'm back to zero. Mm-hmm. As opposed to valuing Micah as an individual and as a person going, man, I'm here for you. And if we don't have sound this week, it's more important that you feel loved and provided for yeah. as a member of this church, you know, than it is for us to have everything just right on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I think that was new for me in, in, in the realm of perfection because, yeah. uh, you know, excellence was one of our core values. Mm-hmm. The same, same as it is here yeah. at Story Hill. Yeah. Excellence is a core value that we we believe we have the greatest message that can ever be communicated and it's worth communicating well. Yeah. It's worth doing t- taking the time to do a good job. Yeah. But it's not the excellence slash the tendency to try to be perfect is not worth devaluing the volunteers and, and the staff yeah. that you have in a church. Mm-hmm. And so we would constantly we have, you know, have this amazing very type A type leader in, in our last church that I love to death. Could have used 50 more of them. Would have given me mm-hmm. more gray hairs than I ever <laughs> wanted. But I, I would have to do that reminder from the type A brain of, hey, people are more important. If you have to turn off the lights this week and we teach in the dark, I would rather that happen than you embarrass or ridicule a volunteer to the point where they may not come back. The gospel is bigger than the lights Mm -hmm. and such a unique perspective to gain in the, in the world of church planning that I think will forever change you as you go back out and are able to hire people. You know, you hope that that thing that God instilled becomes concrete. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even when I can hire Micah to be the full-time sound guy, I'm going, man, what can I do to help you? How do I help you be successful first as a man and as a man of God, but as a husband? And, yeah. You know, how how do I support you? Because, I mean, yeah, because it is draining. Mm. Like just having all these volunteers, a lot of them are the same volunteers that do multiple different things. Week yeah. in and week out. And so valuing them, because there are times where they do need a Sunday off. I mean, like, for example, you had a Sunday off a couple of weeks ago. And like, yeah. that's important just to give them that time. I mean, even like, for example, Dan, our worship leader, like he needed a Sunday off and just being like, all right, well, you know, Dana is probably like, I would say like he just needs that time off and like, it's great. And we had you lead and other people lead, like step up and mm-hmm. take that spot. But you take that for granted when you're in a church that is established mm-hmm. and has those secondary and third, you know, mm-hmm. string people that can do that. And, and with that, it's harder. Yeah. yeah. It's harder to build those relationships. It's harder to find the people to help support our worship team and fill in. And you got to put in the extra hours and the extra effort and mm-hmm. like the late nights. And there are some lines that are important to draw for your own safety and yeah. your, you know your personal time. There's, there's good boundaries to set up in ministry. You have to set some new boundaries sometimes in church planning that allow for more room yeah. of less of yourself and more building those relationships because mm-hmm. uh, it takes a ton more intentionality and just flat out effort, just raw in the trenches effort to find yeah. more people who can love and value the church the way it, it should be, but also dedicate the time to be there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's definitely a lot harder to build a volunteer base, so to speak, when you're asking a lot more than it might be from the church down the road that's got a building it's like mm-hmm. oh yeah just show up you know 15 minutes before service and you can pass out the bulletins or 
show up at 6 a.m. and help us push cases out of the trailer in the rain because it's raining this week and church is still going to happen. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, those those, yeah. those sorts of things. Like it takes a, it definitely takes a special type of person, which puts a special sort of strain on those relationships, which is different from. Yeah, um, for sure. Maybe not worse in any way, but just different. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. But there are some ways that church plants are similar to, you know, every other church in America, like bad sermon metaphors. <laughs> good sermon metaphors. Good sermon metaphors. Yeah. <laughs> bad worship leader outfits. Good worship leader outfits. Skinny jeans. Skinny mm. jeans. You know, I think we should we should probably we should probably break down some of some of the these points because you know it's not all serious seriousness in church planting. There's definitely a lot of fun that happens. So, so much. Yes, there's definitely a lot of. I mean, honestly, some of the my best memories this past year have just been like at six a.m. and loading trailer, <laughs> and it's just kind of some days it's comical, you know, although it's raining, it's just not you know it's not fun, and you get to that point where you're just kind of like you know. I gotta laugh about this because it's it's you know otherwise I'm gonna cry. But you know, you know. <laughs> Mike, I think the best example of that that we've experienced at Story Hill is having Baptism Sunday, which is a big oh, yeah. deal, <laughs> right? It's an important Sunday. We we love to celebrate. Yes, our Baptism Sundays, and we we build it up, and we we're like our staff is excited, our volunteers are excited it and, for weeks and weeks. Yeah, yeah, because yep. it's, yep. it's cool. I mean, someone's it is yeah. the kingdom of God. It's you know, important. So to speak. Yeah, it it's important. highly important. It's one of the most important things that we'll ever do on a Sunday morning. And so we love it and we look forward to it. And then you show up on a Sunday and you find out that the baptistry has a leak and you can't <laughs> fill it up because it'll flood everyone. Yep. And so you try to patch it and it doesn't work. So you say, well, we'll take it outside. Well, and you take it outside and it's raining. It's raining. <laughs> it's raining. <laughs> and you get, and that will happen. I mean, you could set that illustration up a hundred different ways. Yeah. But when that happens, you either go, oh, grumble, grumble. I hate this. This is never going to work. I can't believe this. Why, why, why? Or you can laugh and just go, we're still, today we're going to baptize somebody in the rain for the first time in our church. And we're going to celebrate and stand outside. And I've noticed when, especially leadership, and as that filters down from our volunteers, and we can laugh about those things yeah. and just be like, well, I guess we're baptizing in the rain today. Um, that that becomes those unforgettable, super special memories mm -hmm. that will always be a part. Anybody who is at Story Hill that day will look back and go, yeah. you remember that time that we all stood out in the <laughs> rain and we watched people get baptized and, and welcome them into the family? Yeah. Um, you know, how cool, like how cool. Mm. And, you know, that's just something that's, you know. For better or worse, it's just not going to happen in a in a church where they got a Baptist tank on stage. <laughs> exactly, you're not going to get that. You're not going to get that. Because uh -huh. yeah. yeah, thinking back to that, it was like, yeah, I remember when you know we were bringing the baptistry out, and you know we dropped it and put the leak there. So yeah. it's like, well, yep, all with the punches. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, but, but yeah, yeah, you never know when that day is going to be. You show up and the building's locked, and you just have yep. to go well. Guess we're hanging out right here. Like we're gonna we're at parking lot worship today, and it's gonna be great. Yeah. So mm -hmm. thankfully that hasn't helped happened yet. Yeah. So, but you're right. It's great to laugh, and it's great yeah. to yeah. appreciate the fun things. And if you can't make fun of yourself, you're not gonna make it yeah. very far because mm -hmm. we all do ridiculous things. Yes. Yeah. And and say ridiculous things. Say ridiculous things. Wear ridiculous things. Well, and yeah, you know, when you have the unexpected thing that happens, and it's 
like funny. The benefit of being in a church plant is that people don't expect something. So when it's unexpected and it like people just roll with it and it's like, oh, yeah, that was funny. Like, yeah, they'll never know. Yeah. Come back next week. Great. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. So the lights aren't supposed to go on and off five times as you find the right switch to turn the house lights on. Like we just thought that was what happens. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, But yeah, there that's yeah, there's a lot of those. But Michael, you're I think what you're wanting to get into is talking about, you know, like those those are the stories that then become the bad sermon illustrations. Right. You know, like the one time where we, you know, you pull out that 90s worship song reference about standing in the rain during baptism and. (laughs) Stand up when it's all crashing. No, nobody. Okay. Stand um, in. The yeah, there we go. Someone. Was oh, I, oh, I know. Yeah. It. Okay. Yeah. Stand, yes. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> Might be a little before my time, but I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yes. Well, to be fair, I think it did come out before I was born. As well. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the nice thing with churches. This stuff sticks around for a long, long time. <laughs> you leave it to the old guy. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. So, so Micah, what then are some of your worst? sermon illustrations that you've heard or Brandon and it, and it. well not to incriminate anyone specifically but I think you know I went to a, a fairly traditional church growing up and it it always seemed like every week you could count on either like a golf reference or a grandkid reference from my my senior pastor at our church growing up because it was just it just it always felt like there was a need for some new material because we you, get it you, you golf get, you know the hole in one <laughs> reference is only Good. So many times where it's like, you know, okay, we get it. You know, the low key self brag. We got the, we got, you got the hole in one. Yep. It was God's day with you on the course. (laughs) Get it. I get it. No, like, I think I can relate to that more of just being like a pastor's kid. Yes. Because my dad's great, but pastors definitely, when they have kids, have a tendency to use their kids as sermon illustrations. It's the best material. It, I, you know, they That's do why get a lot. Have kids, yeah, have something real to say. Life, real life stories are, you know, just. <laughs> it is true. They do get a lot of good ones, but it's like best. The I shouldn't say the best. The worst thing was like when you come to church that morning and realize all of a sudden your dad's now talking about something you did that past week, and it's like, oh no, dad, stop talking. Like, you know, and everyone, you just feel everyone looking at you because mm. as you know, you sit in the front. And so, like, in you know, when you have the pews and everyone's looking down at the pulpit, and then you're just happen to be in the front because you know the pastor sits in the front of the church because he has to get up. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, you just feel everyone looking at you while your dad's talking about something you did that week. Um, and then the other things too, he'd use a lot of like um, what we would do, like sports wise, was another one, or like things that we'd play with play with like for example transformers that was a big one that he would use was like, he like a visual illustration kind of guy like yeah bring something in yeah he yes. was definitely a visual illustration one time he used um i'm trying to i think it was like he had alka-seltzer and some like water and stuff like that and so for some reason he had like he put like alka-seltzer in the water and was like doing a bunch of things with it and it like overflowed on stage and he used that as like an illustration, but it was just like, he's definitely a visual mm. type of a guy and has lots of like videos and stuff that you can like watch. Mm-hmm. Say what you will about the props, guys. People remember. It's that true. is true. They remember the props. It's true. I mean, I think Jeff Roberts, one of our, one of our elders at our church, almost always when he, when he gets brought in for a teaching uh, segment, he, he's got a prop and it's always good. So. It's accurate. Yeah, I can appreciate that mm-hmm. for sure. 
Yeah. I, I think God put so much, uh, he put so many of his illustrations in human terms so that we could understand them. It's true. But I think when we try to recreate them, we don't have the wisdom of God. <laughs> and sometimes they come right. out in ways that break down yep. really, really fast. Uh, again, to not, you know, God brings up interesting things in, in throughout his word and, you know, in the phrase of being born again mm-hmm. and being questioned, you know, Jesus being questioned, like, how am I supposed to do that? How am I supposed to be born again out of this, does you know, this genuine seeking kind of question, but Jesus, what you're saying doesn't make sense. And you can take that as a friend of mine did and overwork that to a point where you're having weird, awkward conversations with your mom about how you're going to, you know, surgically be born again <laughs> and watching the church stand there in horror <laughs> hearing this illustration going yeah. I, i'm so uncomfortable i wish we weren't yep. talking about this right now um and then the i mean i think we, we were talking about the tense guy yeah yeah tense guy yeah if you haven't you haven't seen this basically just go on youtube and look up pinch your tents and it will come up um but this yeah pastor I'm pretty sure it was a youth pastor at like some sort of youth conference or retreat or something like that. Um, but he was talking about how, um, was it Sodom and Gomorrah or something like that? The story of Lot. Yeah, Lot. Near Sodom and Gomorrah. And- how they were pitching their tents, but he did not say tents. He said another word, which I'm debating. We're just going to let you go. <laughs> We've said enough already. Yes. Um, and he proves a great point in that video inadvertently that true. sometimes your illustration can be really funny. Mm-hmm. It's true. Even if it's unintentional. Even if it's unintentional. But if it's too funny, sometimes they don't <laughs> remember the point. <laughs> yep. Uh, you can go too far. Yeah. yeah. They, they just want to, like, people approach you after the sermon and tell you good it was. And then all they want to talk about is the joke that you told. Yeah. Uh, I. I I've created this. I, I admire greatly kids leaders. If you work in kids ministry, mm, you yeah. are loved and admired by Brandon Stokes <laughs> because I love kids, but that is not the area yeah. that I feel gifted mm-hmm. to serve in. Um, I want to high five them and play with them and then send them back to the kids area. Yep. <laughs> and accurate. as an overplay analogy or illustration might be the better and as an overplayed illustration for me at my last church, I was talking about how important it is to have people who are gifted and, and care about kids to the place where they want to go and serve in that ministry. I said how I can't do that. I don't have the patience because they're not my kid and I can't discipline them. I was like, but if you gave me a taser and made that okay, I could probably cattle prod the kids for an hour <laughs> and I'd be entertained and they would be behaved and we obviously kidding. That's the only thing I heard about for two mm-hmm. weeks. Yep. Was you know when you said you'd you'd taste kids? I'm like, okay, well, it was <laughs> obviously kidding. I do not support no. the abuse of children through the form of tasing them. I'm making the illustration. Some people are gifted yeah. in patience in mm-hmm. ways that I am not. So you get to the end of the day and you're like, okay, well, I made everybody laugh. Yep. I also made some people real uncomfortable. And but now that's a thing. Five or six moms walk out of the, <laughs> to the children's yeah. area, uh, remove their kids from the care yep. of the volunteers. Yeah. It's part of weighing: is it worth it? Is it yeah, worth it? Even it if it's funny, it? is it worth it? Yeah, yeah. There's some good ones. Pa- 
I'll give you credit though. Pastors do a lot more than I could ever do. And to prepare a sermon on Sunday morning is a lot, a lot of tedious work. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes, you know, when you read that many words, it's true. You just, it just happens. After so many weeks of doing it, you know, you don't maybe proofread as hard or you yeah, yeah. think about it quite as long. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. I can't remember the exact uh, reference I was making, but I definitely quoted the, the wrong book like mm. three or four times <laughs> in a sermon. And that's the, that's, I mean, there's, we can have a serious conversation about that as well of the importance of knowing what you're talking about. <laughs> and it was just, it, I just was thinking of two different verses and right. got them switched in my head and yeah. stood up there as the pastor and said, now in Peter, when it says, but it wasn't in Peter, <laughs> I have to go back and be like, hey, so last week. Like, Corrections and apologies. Yeah. <laughs> Corrections yeah. and apologies. Yeah. I misspoke. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good things and what do they call that when a newspaper prints like something completely incorrect in the next Miss, what There's is a it? word for that. Or, or uh, I don't remember what it is. I think it's like communications major over here. You should know this. Yeah, I know. Except I didn't do journalism. That's true. Well, I did, but I just don't like it. <laughs> um, sorry for those that are journalists. <laughs> you do a great job at what you're doing, but I, it's just not mine. Um, anyway, on that on that note, why don't we transition over to um, just some things happening locally. It's a good, good segue there. I like that, you know, local news from journalism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But well, you really brought this story. So I'm I did. Yeah. Kind of clue us in on what's going on. Yeah. So basically, on Mass, I was one of my friends was talking about there's a new board game bar. And so I was like, well, what is, you know, what is a board game bar first off? Because I mean, I've heard of like Up Down, which is like a arcade True. bar style of a thing, which are those are pretty, I think. It's always retro arcade. It can't go wrong with a retro arcade game. Mm -hmm. And so basically, it's called RPG, which it's restaurants, pubs, and board and board games. Games and games, yeah. Games. And and so that RPG. Yeah. Um. But basically, you like pay like a five dollar cover fee per person for like all the board games that they have, okay. which. On their website, they have literally have like a spreadsheet, an Excel spreadsheet of like a thousand board games that they have for you to like play. That's incredible. Which is incredible, and I, I don't, I haven't ever been there, but I just really want to go there. I don't know what the atmosphere would be like. First-hand reviews. Yes. Take it for what you will. Yeah, but apparently that's like it just opened up. I think not too long ago. We've been to like a lot of nice places like that more instead of opened up recently. Yeah. You know, a few new breweries that have opened up. They've got some like great patio spaces with like outdoor games and mm -hmm. so. just in time for winter. Just in time. Just in time. Just in yes. time for winter in Kansas. But I feel like um just that like aspect, I feel like there's a lot of things like that that are opening up that are like combining to like I wouldn't say services, but like restaurants and something else. I feel like that's right. becoming like a very popular right. One-stop shop. Yeah. Don't have to go somewhere else for your mm -hmm. entertainment and your dinner. Gone is the way of the dinner and the movie. It's the dinner and the movie. Yeah. Just want to tell people, they hate on Arkansas a lot. It happens. Mm -hmm. Listen to a comedy show. They make fun of Arkansas. But before there was Amazon as the one-stop shop of everything. Are you about to reference? There was Walmart. That's... So I thought you put traffic. Where else can you buy groceries and yeah. tires and movies and clothes and 
gardening equipment. So this is, this is a very valid point. I think my dream store might be if Walmart and Menards had a child together. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Because there are a few things that Walmart doesn't have. Yeah. Obviously. And there's yeah. a few things that Menards doesn't have. Yeah. You know, I think together that you would hit every wicket if you had had both of those in one store. So Walmart, if you're listening. You should partner with Menards. Hit up Menards. And defeat Home Depot and Lowe's. Yeah. Absolutely. Because Menards is superior <laughs> to both of those in general. I I would agree. We can Caleb Thompson would also wholeheartedly agree with you. He goes there, I'm pretty sure, every day. I love Menards. you, Home Depot, but Menards is still better. I mean, in fairness, if Home Depot or Lowe's is listening, Brandon Stokes will take sponsorship <laughs> from either. <laughs> it, Home Depot, Lowe's, Menards, or Walmart. Non partial like to sponsor the podcast. <laughs> Or us, just please reach, reach out to us. Reach out to us um, yeah. on our Instagram. Just send us a DM, and we'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll get, I'll get my lumber from we'll, whoever wants to give yes. me a deal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Other non-official endorsements of podcasts. Yes. Well, we're slowly wrapping up on our time here, but are there any uh, any last-minute questions? Since we didn't have our uh, audience didn't submit questions for us this week are there any last minute questions that you have guys's favorite board game is like on style since we're talking about that favorite board game uh i would probably say the one that i've been playing a lot recently that i like would would be betrayal at house on the hill Hmm. it's a role-playing game okay um not like clue i mean it's kind of got the where you like explore things Mm. but it's a lot more of like you have specific roles and like you have specific traits that can you can only do certain things um but i also really like secret hitler is probably like top up there as far as have either of you played secret hitler is this the one with the card like a deck regular deck of cards no Mm -hmm. then i have not played it yeah i want to say caroline has been talking about that Mm -hmm. i know thomas has it um but I had it back when it was still on Kickstarter and you could only download the PDFs of the cards that they wanted to print out. Wow, and, like and so you had to put it on cardboard. Yes, it was wow. great. But it's a it's one of those games where if you want to not be friends with somebody after you play it, then you should play that game. Okay. Yes. Shorter way to end a friendship <laughs> yeah. than Monopoly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Brandon? To be honest, I'm not a big board game guy completely fair i just wasn't an institution in my family past yeah. like a wee we threw down on some pretty pretty princess and if you guys don't know what it is you're missing out it was my sister's favorite board game my younger sister uh, and oh. when it was her turn to pick we were playing pretty pretty princess and uh the goal I'm, this is a deep dive is yeah, <laughs> we're taking some deep. The goal is you win by becoming the princess. Oh, which means you get the tiara and the earrings and the oh. necklace. Yeah, and once you are fully dressed as the princess, you win the game. Are these actual physical things uh-huh. you put on? Oh boy, I, I could see where this was going, and yep. I really. So there's the the problem of me being hyper competitive. Which if we <laughs> if any of us play a board game together, I will try to beat you. Yeah, even though I don't like it. I'll try to beat you because I want to win. So yeah, I've I've uh, I've put the tear on and you were the princess. Threw down. Uh, recently, I've been introduced to Exploding Kittens. Oh, that's a pretty good one. Excellent game. Pretty yeah. fun. Excellent game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and if you can play with the right friends, like is it Cards Against Humanity? That is a good one. 
my wife and I really yeah. like the one. But you do have you, you have to play with the right. You got to play with the right. People. Yeah, with the right mm-hmm. people, yeah. at the right time. Yeah, but in the right weather. <laughs> right weather. Weather's probably not applicable. Mm-hmm. Well, if you didn't play board games, like wh- did you like play video games or like what were? Yeah, yeah, I'm much more of a video gamer. Oh, um, uh, been never never PC, never made the the switch to desktop. So I'm not official. That's oh, what people yeah. say. I'm, I'm the mainstream console gamer. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I've, from Sega to N64. See, you guys don't even Sega Genesis was just you know before I, you. I Sega no. played on them, but it wasn't really popular. It was already kind of to, on its way out. To my early '90s folk listening, if anyone played Lion King on Sega Genesis, oh my! Shout out. Because that game was freaking hard and should not have been introduced to children. Yeah. Like one of the hardest games ever. Uh, but yeah, N64, PlayStation, currently an Xbox One guy. Uh, don't play as much anymore. But. Yeah. For me, it was always like, um, first one I played on was PS1 when that came out. And it was Buzz Lightyear, Star Command was go-to really? game. We're on a Disney kick here. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Intro game. But also, through Disney. it was, I can't remember, I think it was Tony Hawk um, Pro Skater or something like that. Yep. That was great. That yeah. was a good game. But then, yeah, just continued on, like, PS2, got it for Christmas, and then, you know, played Battlefront on that. for Battlefront and Battlefront 2. Yes, great games. My goodness. But so I if get, we're going to talk about restaurants that are combining things, I've got a pitch for oh. somebody out there. Okay. And I'm going on the record with it. So if they want to create it, just give me a feedback or give me a kickback. It didn't have to be much. Free free food mm-hmm. or something. Right. I just, I want there to be a restaurant that serves chill food that you can eat in a bowl and they pick Netflix for you. So you don't have to scroll for two hours trying to find something to watch you while you eat dinner. Netflix experience. <laughs> yeah. Like, so while the, the idea is there of, man, I'm going to fix some dinner. I'm going to sit on the couch. I'm going to watch Netflix. <laughs> and by the time you find an episode of something, your food is cold and you finished your drink. There may be some licensing issues. I just think Maybe. Netflix, <laughs> then Netflix, you need to add food. <laughs> and right. tell, me, tell me what to watch because I'm tired of scrolling. Yeah. Or we can start a blog, your Netflix and episode and food pairings. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I see yeah, tonight I like you've that. selected ramen. I like that. You will be watching... Just need somebody to help me out with David Chang. <laughs> yeah, who is starting a new show on Netflix, by the way, and I'm very excited for. Anyway, we we don't have to do it on the no. today. <laughs> but yeah, oh, you, you didn't talk about what whether yeah, you, you we kind of moved on from yeah. what my favorite board game was. Yeah, and similar to Brandon, we didn't play a lot of board games in my house growing up, but when we did, it was sort of like one of those forced family activity bonding nights. Right, I feel it just you. ended in a lot of tears and pain no, I feel and anger. You. So I sort of had adversely memories of board games for a long time. Just didn't play board games, you know, <laughs> after I've grown up mm-hmm. in the house. But recently, I've started playing Catan again with some friends, mm. and I've gotten back into that and really enjoyed that. So it's kind of a classic. You know, you think I enjoy that playing role-playing games, but I just don't enjoy Catan as much. It does, so for me, it does take the right group of people because, again, it's still not my favorite thing to play board games. Yeah. But if you're playing with the right group of people where there's a lot of vicious backstabbing and um, yeah. alliances mm-hmm. being made and broken, yep. it's a great game. Mm-hmm. Just too basic. More <laughs> more of like a red light, green light kind of guy. Yeah. 
too many rules and things to balance. I think Catan is a decent balance of, you know, not too much, not too little. Yeah. Teach their own though. Teach their own. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and spoons, you know, that was a good one. Oh, spoons is good. Yeah. Line of, like, yeah. It's simple. Play a game, grab a spoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got awesome. it. Yep. Excellent. There Got we it. go. Oh, and it's four, like, well, you accumulate three resources of this. And once you do that, you can trade it for this. And then if you can sell it, <laughs> if you can build it. And then once your empire is... It's true. Like, if yeah. you need a help card yeah. to play the game, right. it does. We're bordering on yep. too much. Now, what mm-hmm. does this do again? Yeah. Yes. Red light, let, green light. Let me reference my sheet on... <laughs> what is it? Dungeons and Dragons. Like, why was it ever popular? Oh, like, I, got their I open. definitely did like, that in high school. Oh, my goodness. Well, it was the, I mean, it's the RPG. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. Before you could play. Before, there was rules. and Well, it was like the RPG before, and, yeah. yeah, they had like games that would t- yeah. like give you the prompt of like, here's what you can do or not do. That's yeah. true. What's it the was, big one? What's the World, hmm, World of Warcraft? Is yeah. Warcraft? Is, is that, that is the big one? popular? Oh, it definitely is. Wow, it's still going. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But there, there's someone out there screaming in that, their no, headphones that right wrong, now. Like, yeah. That's not the first one. But, oh, yeah. You can go on and on about game styles. But yeah. I think it's time to wrap up. I, I think it is, too. We've degenerated into we've, we've just wandered. nonsense at this point. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. All right. Well, um, I guess next week, guys, we're uh, going to be, uh, all of us, a little busy. Um Speaking of church planting, our college ministry is having their uh, fall retreat. So we're going to be out uh, helping out with the yep. retreat. So we'll actually be going to try to do a live episode out there while we're out there recording on site. So look for that next week. We'll throw in probably a surprise guest with somebody. And uh, yeah, hope to have you listening next week. So that's been our podcast today. And a uh, special thanks to uh, Brandon for joining us today. Yeah. Happy to be here. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, see y'all next week.